Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Eastbound Dialogue. Today I get the very special treat of posting my second ever interview with a local person of the scene, Space Lover. Now, I should note that this is actually my fourth interview. Um, two of them I'm still working on because they are massive and they will be coming out. But what makes this interview especially special is that where it was filmed. Uh, I actually now have worked out a deal and I will now be filming all of my interviews over at McQueen's and be able to use that whole venue when it's empty and clear. The sound quality is a lot better at this place and I'm really grateful to be doing it there. So I want to thank McQueen's for this one. Overall, the interview with Space Lover was a real treat. Um, this man is still very up and coming. He's been in the scene about as long as I have. And to be honest, even though he's still mixing and still performing, I think that there's so much potential with him and it was really cool to get him on to really highlight all of the things that he's been working on and you know where he sees his career and what his vision is for the music that he creates. So without further ado, here's my interview with Space Lover. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and ravers, uh, electronic music lovers alike, welcome to the Eastbound Dialogue. Uh, this is a podcast I love doing because it gives me a really cool opportunity to go to a lot of different venues in the Orlando area and also talk with a lot of different people really, really active in the scene. Today I have a privilege of talking with someone that's been in the scene about as long as I have and has definitely blown up way more than I ever will. With me today is going to be Mr. Space Lover. How you doing today, man? It's good, man. Thank you for uh, thank you for having here, man. Yeah, of course. Um, it's so much fun to do these kinds of things. I heard a lot. I got a lot of demand actually for the inter interview with you. It's um, it's been a crazy ride. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. So you've been kind of. I've been seeing you. Uh, you know, because I talk about all the events. I've been seeing you performing a lot in the electronic scene lately. So like, what's happened? Like, you've been exploding a little bit. Um, I don't. I try not to think anything of it. Uh, I don't see it as that's my goal of just blowing up I'm just out here just putting out music um, trying to put out a certain type of music that hasn't been in this community for a while or that's not uh, being played a lot mm -hmm. and so I feel like I finally kind of developed my role as um, you know now I'm getting more into melodic house I was testing different subgenres, and I've been you know fond of so many music genres not just house music techno but ever since i got introduced to this community um, by a couple of my friends and it, honestly it started at elixir last year just before the pandemic mm -hmm. and then we had the shutdown and then at the time it was just basically counted down to when everything would reopen um there wasn't a single Taco Tuesday that I didn't go to last year. So that was I have of, a lot of friends that could test to that. So, so that was kind of your start was going out yeah, to Taco Tuesday. Kind yeah. of just every you know the rest is history from there. Yeah, man. I feel like that's where we all start, and then we yeah. all do our our own thing. It's really cool because you know it's it's crazy that when you're at those kinds of events, you never know who's gonna get inspired, and then you know within the next year, it's gonna start you know yeah, doing definitely. a lot more and all of that. So in your how long have you been DJing now in the Orlando area? Officially. The first time that I got behind a decks for an actual set was, I believe, in February, and that was at Chillers. So, almost six months now. Almost. Okay. And that's um yeah that's that's insane, man. What was the so in that six months? What's been your favorite venue to play at? What's been the craziest thing you've gone to? It's kind of hard to say, but just because, uh, it's more of um, how should I say? There's a little uh, emotional attachment with playing at Chillers just because that was my first time playing there. Okay. And every time I play there, you get introduced to so many different people because Chillers is the longest active bar really? in, in downtown Orlando. Well, one of the most. I can't officially say that, 
you know, I'll probably have to do a little bit more research for that. But they've been around for a, a long time. So being able to play there, it's, uh, you know, pretty grateful for that. It's an experience, yeah. Especially because if that's where you started, there's a, there's a lot of sentimentality yeah, to that and all that. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sentimentality. <laughs> I was yeah. looking for it. Yeah, I'm the word guy. Um, so I know that you just came off a really cool performance over at uh, that thing All Access, All Access Crew did, uh, Project USA. You want to tell me about that? Yeah, Project USA. So... It was, to me, it felt like kind of like a sequel to Project SB. Um, we had some complications with the first one, but they had a redo. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to play at the second redo, so I was definitely hyped to play at Project USA. So basically what Project USA was, was um, the first couple of DJs, they were playing mostly top 40, Latin hip hop. And then after that, you know, we had two house DJs and then, and then I had a set at 3 a.m. So I had invited as many people as I could. A lot of people that have been following me and supporting me. Um, honestly, I can probably say, I can honestly say that was the, the, the set that I had the most people show up for, for my set, like specifically. And then on top of that, we had a lot of people from All Access Crew, you know, because they're running things over there at UCF. So it was a pretty big crowd. Okay. And it was uh, kind of hard to, you know, you never know what crowd you're gonna have, yeah. And that's why I totally believe in having curated sets versus open format. Everybody is different, um, so I did have a curated set for that. It wasn't just, you know, I'm just playing whatever. Okay. So would you so. say you have kind of like an, you know, from coming off of that, would you say you have a little more of like a adapted stage presence? Yeah. So I think uh, it was just being able to play and in a bigger crowd mm-hmm. it kind of made me more comfortable more confident in playing you know what's the next set what's the next show that i can play for that's going to be even bigger yeah so it kind of gave me a little taste of what it's like to play in front of a bigger crowd cool yeah man and that's i feel like that has to be like an unimaginable experience yeah like being in front of that and like you're the guy in all of it so what would you say, I mean, you said that you do, um, you're doing a lot of melodic house and you want to bring something to the Orlando scene that, you know, no one's ever really seen. So what would you say is your secret sauce to your sets and your music? Uh, the secret sauce, there's so much that goes into it. Um, one thing that I try to stay consistent with, with my sets and what goes into it is once I discover one new song or I rediscover another song, um, especially when I'm just going through, I'm just shuffling all my music, you know, anytime I just like, let's just put it on shuffle, see what I can come up with. And that's kind of where it starts. That's the origin. Mm -hmm. Or I'll go to a show and I'll hear a certain sound or song. And then I focus all my attention on that one song. And then what other songs are like it? What other songs sound like it? And kind of like go with it. Exactly. Like Apple, SoundCloud, you create a station. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, you have so much new songs being discovered and then after that it's just organizing um syncing making sure that these two songs sound together yeah and then going through it running the mix have you ever hearing over yeah have you ever had like a like a perfect pair of of songs that you've mixed yeah it's it's man i i think any dj can attest to this when you know you go through two songs that it just happens to blend in so well and you're just like sometimes you're like you're praying like all right please let this next drop be good and then it works out and it's it's magic man it's, it's gonna magic. be fantastic yeah. yeah that's amazing man um so who where do you take like in the scene 
who do you who do you kind of look up to? That's it's kind of hard to say who exactly I look up to. Um, I would say like there's a lot of people that's had a uh, an impact and some kind of inspiration for me. Okay. But people like you know I, I definitely have to give a shout out to this dude because he's been there for me since day one, which is Diego. Um, yeah. Diego Nocturnal Sounds. Uh, we just crossed paths, you know, one day, you know, it was at an after party. And then from there, you know, we didn't exactly, you know, stay connected as much. And then little by little, we started to get to know each other. And what he's done with his community is, it, to me, it's inspiration because he's done something that I can't recall anybody else doing, which is bringing so many groups together. Mm-hmm. Now, so many groups are collaborating with each other. So many DJs. Yeah. You know, being able to flip and give so many opportunities to multiple DJs. So, I would definitely have to say him. Um, another person I probably have to look up to in this community is, um, you know, these venue owners. You know, people like, you know, Core Concepts, um, the previous owners, which was, um, I can't recall the name, but. They're basically the ones that started Celine Robinson. If you look around, you there's there's plenty of examples of what you know yeah. you want to be like and what you don't want to be like. You just gotta pay attention. Mm-hmm. And that's so. that's insane, man. That's so true. That's really really true. Yeah. Um, so of course, this is always a really fun question. So what is if you had a dream B two B? Who's that dream? Who would that like dream B two B be? I was waiting to like I was trying to think of the best answer for this <laughs> um, because with melodic. Um, it's so hard to go back to back specifically with somebody because unless you run through with it, you know, prior to a set, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of hard to blend two songs. But if I had to be playing with anybody that I could possibly play back to back with, it'll probably be Lane Eight. Lane Eight, yeah, hands down. Oh my god, Dude, that's <laughs> that is a name that I have not gotten yet. Like that is yeah. he is a fantastic artist, and especially with the melodic and all that. Yeah, I can I can really see that. And so if you were in a position that you were actually doing a B2B with Lane A, like you're on, I don't know, you're at Red Rocks, you're doing a B2B set with him, how would you think, if you got to that professional position, uh, how would you think your music could complement his music? And like, how would you think you guys would work together? Like, what, what do you think you would bring to the table in that kind of set? Yeah, definitely. Um, so during the pandemic and even before that, I discovered him a couple of years ago. And... Um, how it will complement it is just, you know, again, with the melodic, everything's just based off of that because these sounds, you know, the way we melodic DJs mix, mm-hmm. it's basing, you know, chorus parts, try not to have too much, you know, one song playing too long, mm-hmm. and you're making sure that it's, it's just matching, you know, based on chorus beats, you're building, breaking down, and it sounds that it's not just melodic, but it's different, it's unique. Okay. You'll never hear, not, I won't say you never hear, but most, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a different beat. It's going to have a different sound, and that's why I think it will complement his music. It would bring just a very unique, like, Yeah, it's always different, you know? It might have the same, you know, drum and bass, you know, drum and kick, but as far as the, the percussions, the vocals, it's always different, dude. Okay. That's amazing. That's really cool. Um, so... If, and here's generally where I go from here, uh, so I can tell, or where in electronic music do you get your inspiration from? Everywhere and anywhere. Okay. I get it from so many places. I get it from 
listening to music on my phone when I'm at the gym, I'm shuffling when I go to shows, you know, it gives me so many ideas when I'm out supporting other DJs, you know, there's so many ways for me to get, you know, so many ideas, you know, sparking yeah. the creativity. Yeah. Do you so lean I get a little bit from everywhere. Okay. Do you lean toward any subgenre a little bit or any sort of artists? I was leaning a lot towards um, regular house for a little bit, and then I kind of just dialed down back to the roots of what, you know, I never really thought about melodic in a sense where it's upbeat. So I'm trying to introduce melodic house to where it's not just something that'll put you to sleep. It's something that you can dance to. It's something that's like, it's uplifting. Exactly. Yeah. So if you look at it in a sense where, oh, this is too quiet or it's too settling, I'm trying to put my own spin to it where it is, it's going to make you dance. That's what I want. That's my okay. goal. It's a cool goal. Yeah. And I think, I think if you keep working at it, that it would really bring something cool to the Orlando scene, especially if you're getting uplifting melodic. You know, because, you know, we get so much tech house and all that. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about outside of electronic music? Um, what kind of genres do you generally listen to? Like, I always like to understand an artist not just in the realm of just electronic music, but as a musician as a whole, you know? Yeah, so previously... Um, before I even got into house and techno, I was always into EDM for, you know, since like 2009, you know, when I first got into the military and I went to California for the first time, that was my first experience with, uh, with EDM music in general. Yeah. And then going to festivals. But even before all that, before I got into EDM, it was alternative. It was punk rock, you know, artists like Blink-182, um, Fall Out Boy, All American Rejects. You know, I was a little punk kid growing up in high school. You know, growing up in high school. I was also a singer too, so I I felt like eventually I was gonna get back to melodic to where I'm gonna be able to use that background. And kind of so, like yeah, and add the alternative yeah. elements to it. Blink One Eighty Two is actually my favorite band. So <laughs> hell yeah, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So all right, just to finish it off, uh, where do you see the future of Space Lover and the future of your music career and where everything's been leading you so far? I don't want to rush two things too much right now because I feel like there's still so much to learn, um, not just for myself, but definitely from others, people who have been in this game a lot longer. So I'm making sure I don't, you know, sink before I start swimming. Yeah. So. I was originally going to get, uh, get into producing this past spring, but I put a pause on it because when I first got onto Ableton, it was it was a whole new world. There's a lot to learn on Ableton. It's not just DJing. You actually got to know what sound you want to create. Do you want to use samples on the computer? Mm -hmm. And so the future right now is focusing on what kind of sound I want to produce, what kind of set I want to have, okay. where I want to play, and then based off of that, I start producing. Okay. So definitely the next step is definitely producing. Definitely the next step is producing, yeah. yeah. And it's crazy because you guys, basically, when you jump onto Ableton or FL Studio, you create your own sound. It's like you have an instrument, but you have to choose exactly what sound comes out of it, which yeah. is, I think it's a really cool part of producing. And yeah, man, if you can master it, it'll be really exciting. I think some of Space Love Originals would be perfect for your sets. Uh, I think it's just a huge element because I get told this, you know, time after time, unless you're producing, you know, don't count on, you know, opening up for major artists. Yeah. So it's, it is a, how should I say, a harsh reality sometimes. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if you want to get big into this industry, you know, being, playing other people's music, can only last so long and I know 
I can't be too hard on myself because again I just started DJing so that's that's kind of why I'm taking my time with everything mm -hmm. but to me I don't believe in timelines if you're ready when you're ready yeah you know and I gotta I don't put a timeline on anything and I gotta respect that man I mean the fact that you don't want to rush into it you want to take your time do it well you know make sure you're you're learning everything the right way and so you can actually build yourself up that is insanely respectable yeah. as opposed to just rushing into it and producing nothing but yeah man all right, well, this has been the Eastbound Dialogue. This is a really cool um, a, like rendition of this. This is my first time ever doing it at McQueen's. Uh, you'll definitely see some more from this, and I hope you see a lot more of Space Lover. Um, are you doing any performances this week, next week? There's nothing concrete yet in the next two weeks, but right now I'm uh, focusing more on trying to get shows set up outside of Orlando. Okay. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to be in Orlando. I actually move every two years, so kind of playing it by year if I want to continue playing here so trying to okay. do as much as I can make an impact here so that way I can set myself up to go yeah, and we're enjoying every freaking moment of it so thank you for you know thanks for coming man for I appreciate real. It's, having you, man. it's such an opportunity to interview so many cool artists especially yeah. like people like you who are still starting off because I feel like we kind of started at the same time so it's yeah it's really right exciting. there man yeah, yeah man all right, well, this has been the Eastbound Dialogue. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep up with everything going on in the electronic scene, you already know what to do. Uh, go to Eastern Electronic, give it a follow, and thank you. And this has been the Eastbound Dialogue. I really want to thank Space Lover for coming on and doing an interview with me and taking time out of his day. Uh, it was really, really cool to connect, and, you know, really, this is a really cool way of just showing and getting a lot more insight into all of these artists I'm talking about. They're more than just artists. They're more than just a name on a list. They are real people with real goals and ambitions and all of them trying to break out into this amazing genre of music. So really, if you guys want to give him a lot of support, go over to his Instagram. Uh, it's Space Lover, but instead of an A in space, it's a V. And really give him a follow. Uh, he would really, really love it. And all of that support and all the growth that he's seen is really, really unimaginable. And the only reason I can say that is because he's been in the game about as long as I have. And all the support you've given me as well has been just over the top. I really want to thank uh, McQueen's for letting me do my first interview over there. Um, it's really, really cool, and it's a really amazing venue. And you know, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be in the place with all the help that I'm getting from everybody. So thanks, guys. I really, really appreciate that. If you want to keep up with everything going on in the electronic music scene, you already know what to do. Go over to Eastern Electronic and give it a follow. There, you can keep up with everything going on in the electronic music scene. I put so much work into those videos every single day, and it's such a privilege to be doing it. And I love all of the support that you guys have been giving me. Also, if you really, really want to help me out, there's two different ways. Uh, that would really keep Eastern Electronic going. Number one is if you're going to Okeechobee or you're going to EDC Orlando, I am actually an official promoter for Insomniac. Thank you, Insomniac, by the way, for that. Um, so I actually have a promo code now, my own. It is Eastern, just like the first word in Eastern Electronic, just Eastern. So if you put that in, you get 10% off, and it really helps me and keeps me staying afloat. Also, I have a Patreon. I only have one patron right now, but it really does make the difference. And if you really want to give me some support, then you can go over to my Patreon and sign up even if it's a dollar a month it's still a dollar a month i wasn't getting and really revenue and income is going to be what makes this sustainable but overall if you can't do any of those things and you just want to keep watching my videos that is really the main support because without that i wouldn't be where i am today and i wouldn't have the privilege of bringing you guys all of this content so thank you and this has been the eastbound dialogue